0: we're live hello welcome back i am in the shroom room this is one of the many spaces in my in-laws property up in new mexico in the gila national forest and it's quite beautiful here it's also quite cold and i forgot all of my recording equipment back in la And I had to go to Walmart, pick up some mics, pick up some cameras, and we're doing it. We're doing it. And so tuning in live from the Gila National Forest, rich history of the Magolan and Apache Native Americans, the indigenous folks of this land. It's actually pretty wild because within, I think it's like seven acres total that they have that came with the house there is a part that's like outside of the fenced-in area that actually still has a lot of remains of dwellings and pueblos that roll through this area because there's a bunch of shattered pottery from the natives that lived here before. So pretty beautiful, pretty sacred. Needless to say, we haven't even touched the pottery, the shattered pieces, not even to collect them to keep them because it's sacred land. You walk into that area and you can feel the potency of the energy there. So really excited to be recording this solo episode, this end of the year episode. Literally, if you're tuning in as we just launched, happy holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate Hanukkah, happy holidays to you and your loved ones. We're coming up on the new year, coming up here in just a couple of days. And this episode, I wanted to do a year-end review because this was such a transformative year for me it was so expansive and I know that there are so many little nuggets of wisdom and experience that I gained along the way that I'm still very much integrating but if anything I wanted to offer this as an inspiration for you to do your own year-end review my favorite way to do it is one of two ways One, I'll look at my planner. I have a physical planner, my magic of eye planner, shameless plug. I'll put the code down below. If you want to get your own for next year, I have a code with a little discount for you. And it's just nice to have analog hand to paper recordings of your year. And so I've gone through my planner, kind of looked at the highlight moments, the highlight things that made this past year so memorable. And then I actually looked at my phone and went through my camera roll throughout the year and just looked at every month because time flies and life is made up of all the little moments, right? Yes, we have these big grandiose moments and these big grandiose experiences that these little moments all lead up to. Also, I apologize, caveat, a few days out of having a pretty bad head cold, so I might sound a little nasally, I might sound a little congested, Don't mind me. I'm not contagious through video or audio, I swear. (sighs) So why don't we begin from the top, shall we? This year, I mean, January, the biggest lesson for me in January was the power of sisterhood for me as a person who identifies as a woman, identifies my people as my sisters. And it really was a month of expanding connections. I was invited to A few quote-unquote influencer events, which to me, I just look at them as like beautiful networking events to meet other people in the industry. And it's pretty easy to note when there's resonance with another person. I got to attend so many beautiful events and meet some incredible women in January, including a key individual who I would soon find out would change the trajectory of my life. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to my episode about how I even ended up with a Nike partnership. It's a pretty wild story. I believe it's episode 29 in season one. And it's incredible because to make a long story short, I was at a women's circle and we got partnered up with another person. I wasn't facilitating. People had no idea who I was. I was just there to receive. And the person that I got partnered with, we just hit it off. I was my authentic self. I was having a conversation from my heart and so was she. And we had this beautiful resonance to where we were like, oh my God, let's connect. Let's be best friends. Let's get coffee. And long story short, I would soon find out that she did partnerships at Nike and is the person who brought me on to the Nike family. And so training Ari really was a lesson of show up as your authentic self. With no expectation. You never know what seeds are encoded with the DNA to become these massive, beautiful trees in your life. And the key to activate them, to sprout them, is your authenticity. So, anywhere you go, even if you are surrounded by people who maybe are doing the things that you want to do or people that you look up to, never pretend to be anything that you're not. Never pretend to be anything but yourself because your authenticity is the magic key that's going to unlock so many doors for you. So that was my lesson for January. (sighs) February. We're only a month in, and I'm already just like, what a year. (laughs) February, I got to go to Guatemala. I was in San Marcos. I was in Lake Atitlan, El Lago, the lake. And I was there doing a cacao training with Cacao Source. I had my initiation with cacao a few years back had been sitting with her, just kind of connecting with that plant. And here's the thing: every plant has its spirit, every plant has its energy from what we might consider a weed to something like the root of grandmother Aya, right? Every plant has a spirit, no matter whether they can create these psychoactive, hallucinogenic experiences or not, there is medicine within each and every plant. And for me, and many of us, we're drawn to work with the spirit of cacao. So for me, I got to go to Guatemala. I got to connect with my ancestors. And I also really cultivated right relation with cacao. I realized that I was consuming cacao at a rate that was not sustainable for the plant, for me. And she really gave me a hard lesson in right relation because one of the days that I was supposed to hold space, I woke up and I was hit with a wave of sickness. I was throwing up, my stomach was super sick. It wasn't food poisoning because within an hour, I was fine. But it was this moment of like, I was supposed to hold space and I still held space. But when I sat down and asked my cup of cacao, am I meant to drink you right now? The answer was no, you're meant to receive from a more ethereal realm from the spirit of the plant rather than the physical manifestation of it. And so February was really this understanding of right relation with plants, right relation with the earth, right relation with medicines, because in today's world, everything is so accessible to us. And just because we have access to it doesn't mean that we should be actively engaging with it, especially when it comes to things that should be revered with great honor, with great reverence, with great respect. (laughs) So I'm just going to bookend that. Right relation with the earth, right relation with plants. What does that mean to you? It's a really important question to ask because it means many different things. And at the end of the day, if we can all cultivate right relation with mother earth as a whole with the macrocosm that is our planet then the microcosms of our lives will also fall into place of right relation from our relationships to others our relationships to ourselves our relationships to the world the other key thing that happened in february that honestly i don't know that there was much of a lesson in this as much as it was just like highlight of my career moment i got to do a Nike Activation. We did this like promotional shoot for Nike Well Collective, the wellness side of the platform, with none other than the Queen himself, Bretman Rock. Okay, I have been following Bretman Rock since the genesis of Bretman Rock's presence on social media, which was when he was in high school, living in like a one bedroom with his mom and his sister. Some of you might know the OGs. If you know, you know. I have loved Bretman Rock since that day and to get to do what I love and get to share that with him and get to meet him in that way was honestly just the coolest thing. What's crazy about that is that the December before that, so only two months ago, I was in Florida visiting my family and I was chatting with my brother's girlfriend, Allison. Shout out, Allison. And we were just talking about like what we want to manifest for the next year. I kid you not, we said, We're gonna manifest me, Natalie, sharing a sound bath with Bretman Rock. And then we laughed and like continued to talk about other things. And then only two months later, in the most unexpected way, this happened. And so never underestimate the power of the seeds that you plant and the power of your vision. Okay, that's the lesson in that. Cool. March, end of Q1. Well, if you follow me on Instagram. You probably see me post from the most aesthetically pleasing, gorgeous place in all of Topanga. The well-lived woman. Shout out the well-lived woman. Shout out all my well-lived women. I freaking love that place. Moving to the canyon... As with moving into any new communities, neighborhoods, you know, it takes some time. It takes time to find your place, to find your people. I mean, of course, you can like build surface level relationships, but to really feel held by a community, it takes time. And I honor that. I understand that. And when I arrived to the well-lived woman, it was like she welcomed me with arms wide open into this ocean of powerhouse mothers, sisters, aunts, women, business owners, folks who are in the corporate space, just women who are so embodied, so beautiful. And it was such an honor to get to step into that community by leading an activation, leading a sound bath for them and really engaging that way. And it's no surprise that was also the, women's, the month of women's history, because I remember I also spoke on a panel for Aloe Yoga for Women's History Month. And yeah, March was the month of women. For folks who identify as women, if you feel like a woman, then you're a fucking woman, all right? Women's History Month was the month of March. And it was such a reminder of all the things that women can be. It's not just a single box that we fit in, that we have to fit in. If you feel like a woman, whatever your embodiment of that is, is 100% correct. March was the month of the woman and how badass women are. It was also the month that I went to Cabo for one of my best girlfriends' bachelorette's party, which was so fun. I was the maid of honor, so I got to plan with a lot of support with some of the other bridesmaids and the attendees, this bachelorette party. And it was super fun. It was also like, I'm probably three, maybe four. I honestly have lost track because it was a definitive day that I decided That I was gonna no longer drink alcohol. I think it was the beginning of 2019. I'd have to do the math, but year three or four into my alcohol free sobriety journey. So, going to a bachelorette party in Cabo as somebody who no longer drinks alcohol was actually really empowering. There was so much to do. I was up super early, I felt refreshed. And also, it was fun to have fun with the girls who were drinking all the tequila, and it was just silly. It was lots of fun. The end of March, I also got to officiate my cousin's wedding in Chile. Now, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you might know that I'm originally from El Salvador. My first language was Spanish, and when I moved to the States when I was 11, trying to assimilate, I totally stopped speaking Spanish, almost lost it. It wasn't until I was sent to Spain 2019, when I worked for ClassPass to launch the app in Madrid, that I really regained my confidence in speaking Spanish. All that being said, officiating a wedding is a whole different playing field. I was so nervous, but I'll never forget the moment. Of course, I said yes when she asked me, right? Like you can't, if it's something that you innately want to do, you can't let fear hold you back from doing something that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. They're probably going to remember for the rest of their lives. And just being such a, play a role in somebody's big moment, one of the biggest moments in somebody's life. So it was such an honor I grew up with my cousin Marcela in El Salvador. She now lives in Chile. And so, having her ask me to officiate her wedding was such an honor. I prepared so much. I wrote down my script. I had my dad double check it for grammar and pronunciation and all of that. But I stepped into the arena. I said yes. And even though I was so scared and I knew that people were going to clearly sense that maybe Spanish is no longer my dominant language, which is a shock. I was like, I don't care what people think. I don't care how I'm going to sound or how I'm going to look. I'm doing this for her. So I'll never forget being up at the stand or the podium or whatever you call it and feeling so nervous. And then just locking eyes with my cousin and realizing like, this isn't even about me. This is all for her. And from that moment, I feel like I blacked out. Like I don't quite remember it, but I just remember seeing her happiness and her joy. And I think the lesson in that was getting out of our own ways when fear shows up and doing things that our souls feel called to do because sometimes it's not even about us. It's about the impact that we create in others' lives. March was pretty epic. And then April, I got to go to Patagonia with my husband where we actually had the biggest initiation in our marriage yet. I'm not going to dive into it too much, but it was hard. It was really, really hard. And I wasn't sure which way the cards were going to fall. But what I learned out of it is that the way in which society tells us that marriage has to be, what partnership has to be, is not a one size fits all. And only your heart and soul knows when a situation is meant to be worked through together and when a situation is best worked apart. And I kept my heart close to myself. I didn't really speak with many people about it, though we did see therapy and that was super helpful. But outside of that, like I wasn't really open to the opinions of other people. And I kind of just kept my cards close to my heart and trusted my heart in the guidance that it was giving me. And you know what? It was the best choice I've ever made for my marriage, for myself, for my partner, because what was on the other side of that was such monumental growth and a deepening of our partnership that I don't think could have happened without that initiation. I also reflected in that initiation, activated and supported my evolution from, I like to think of, of archetypes a lot. And if you're not familiar with archetype work, it's such powerful work. To see what archetypes you embody most, what archetypes maybe you're afraid of, what archetypes you are leaning more into, looking towards in the future. But for me, I was so in my maiden archetype. The innocent, the maiden is kind of like the damsel in, the, in distress. She's also like fun and sexy and happy go lucky, which I still hold a lot of those parts of myself. And I was so scared of like the mother archetype, the crone archetype, because I felt like I would lose my essence. I was so used to identifying with the maiden archetype because I knew that well. I've been doing that art. I've been in that archetype for the last better half of maybe 15 years of my life. And so I know that archetype well. And so stepping into the mother, stepping into the crone, which is interesting because I feel like that initiation actually out of my own defense mechanism i went from the maiden and leapt into the crone archetype the the wise woman kind of you know the crone is like the elder she's like the freaking like no bullshit unfuckable with wise woman and i kind of went into that immediately and felt so aligned in that and then I realized that I kind of skipped the mother and I came back into the nurturing, which opened me up into the idea of being a mother, which is another topic for another day. No, I'm not pregnant, <laughs> but it is on the horizon and something that I'm actually excited for now, whereas before I was super scared. Though don't get me wrong, I'm still super scared. I'm sure that when that chapter of my life comes, I'll have plenty of episodes about it for those of you who are on that same wavelength and that same path. But Yeah, and it's no, it's super a beautiful irony that the part of Patagonia that we were in was called Tierra del Fuego, Land of Fire, because we were literally trial by fire and it was epic. Also, April, I officially signed with Nike. I don't know if you can see my swoosh. I'm wearing my swoosh. Like, I just have no words. I feel so grateful. I guess. What I am today, call it a sound practitioner, a wellness coach, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. Never did I think in a million years that something like that was possible, but it is. As a first generation, daughter of illegal immigrants, English is a second language, Latina minority business owner woman, it is possible. Si se fucking puede. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. Love you, Nike. I am so, so grateful. May. Okay, April clearly had a lot. May. May, I had, oh my gosh, May, I did an equine retreat with Cassandra of the Reflective Horse at Away Malibu with none other than my sister, Krista Williams of the Almost 30 podcast. And it was so beautiful. Working with the horses, you really drop into a level of subtlety and sensitivity that it's how they operate. And if you show up in any other way than in the subtleties, in the sensitivity with the horses, it's just not going to work. They're either going to be repelled by you, they're going to be spooked by you. And so working with the horses really opened my eyes to the power of sensitivity, the power of the subtle, so much so that in horse culture... The stallion is actually not the leader, contrary to what most might believe, right? The stallion is the muscles, the scary one, the leader. Yes, he's the protector, but the leader is actually the most unassuming, the most quiet one. She's called the lead mare. And I think there's so much power in this because as women, we have this lead mare energy that is so innate with the divine feminine. What the lead mare does is she sets the direction for the herd. So the lead mare, she might quietly start walking in one direction. And the stallion is actually her muscle to keep everyone in check. But the lead mare is the direction setter. And she's typically the most quiet, the most reserved, the most observant. And I think it's so beautiful and powerful. In May, I also went to Hawaii to celebrate the lives and spread the ashes of Tyler's grandparents. His whole family planned this trip to Hawaii. And yeah, we got to go to Kona and also Kauai and create altars using the flowers and the leaves that were from the area and release their ashes into the ocean. And it was so beautiful because, you know, it was such a marker of time of just like my family, that family's, point in time of like the passing down of the batons of who the elders are now and also celebrating all the wisdom that they shared all the wisdom that they imparted the love and it was just so wonderful and I had never been to Hawaii and that land is so fertile so potent the energy there is so pure the water is so crystalline I can't wait to go back and explore it more in May, I also got to go to upstate New York, meet one of my childhood best friends, baby, Emma, Marilyn, shout out Marilyn and Alan. And it was just so sweet to see her step into her mother archetype and how naturally she did it. And it was inspiring for me to see somebody who I've known over half of my life now transition into that stage of life and all the sacrifice that it takes, all of the patience that it takes, all of the grace. And it was just so beautiful to see her step into that. And then June, June was a fun month. June, I got to really feel integrated into the Nike fam. I went to Portland, Oregon, and Beaverton, and I visited Nike HQ and actually met 50 other global trainers from all over the world, from – London, from Australia, from Brazil, from Mexico, so many different parts of the world, from France, from Italy. And it was so beautiful to see the culture of wellness and fitness represented in so many different geographical cultures. And to meet all of these inspiring individuals, all these badasses, it was really cool to see how they all embodied this Cohesive, common theme of Nike Well Collective and the Nike Fam that just do it energy in their own way, and it really reminded me that your authenticity, like I said before, that's your secret sauce. That's what people want, and not to be authentic because it's what people want, but it's because it's the only choice that you have. Anything else is doing a disservice to your energetic, your physical blueprint in this lifetime, in this manifestation. July, July, I led my first retreat in Costa Rica with Wildly Well Retreats and Caetania. And it was so fun because Caetania is a talented Pilates, movement, dance instructor. And so we had this like yin and yang energy where she would kick our asses in the morning. And then I would kind of land the plane with some yin, with some sound. And Costa Rica, we had the retreat at Bodhi Tree. If you ever wanted to go to Costa Rica for yoga, for the beautiful culture of wellness that is there, cannot recommend Nosara enough, Bodhi Tree. I might do another retreat there next year. We'll see. I like travel year is already so crazy, but you never know. August. Oh boy. August. Okay. You may or may not have seen on the news. That this year's Burning Man was actually Muddy Man. I went to my second Burning Man this year in August. And, the first few days were epic. They were so beautiful. And at Burning Man, and those of you that have been to the burn, there's this sort of understood thing that you get your Playa name. So, The grounds where Burning Man takes place are known as the Playa on Black Rock City. So when you hear people call it, say, the Playa, they're talking about the grounds of Burning Man. So there's this unspoken rule that when you go to Burning Man, you get your Playa name, which is kind of like your maybe alter ego or the nickname that you get at Burning Man. And for me, this year, I was really calling in Embodying my huntress archetype. I was like, okay, I want to play with the huntress archetype. What does she feel like? What does she look like in me? And when we got to the playa, there was this art installation that was like a bunch of blocks stacked together to this really high sort of square situation. I'm not even going to try to explain it to you. It was pretty tall. And when you walked up to it, you could see that it was held together by zip ties. Mom, I hope you're not listening. And if you are, I'm sorry, but I live to tell the tale, so it's fine. So I saw this thing and I was like, I'm gonna climb that. And I freaking climbed the whole thing and I got to the top and you can feel the infrastructure swaying. And I was literally gripping onto it. And I was like, okay, this is what cats feel like when they get stuck in a tree. It was exhilarating, it was scary, it was all the things. But I could see the whole playa from that point of view and it was pretty epic. So then I came down and something else happened, I forget. But long story short, I was given my very first playa name and it's Puma. And it was so perfect because I was calling in embodying the huntress archetype. And then to get such a powerful animal totem as my playa name, So if you ever see Puma signed off Puma, just know that it's my Burning Man alter ego speaking and it's all good. (sighs) All right. So we're on to September. When I think of September, I think of Bhakti Fest and Joshua Tree. There is a backstory about Bhakti Fest. So the reason that I ended up at Bhakti Fest was because (sighs) I had to tell the story in such a short period of time. So when I was 11, I was visiting my uncle for the holidays in Virginia. And his wife, my aunt, had her sister visiting. She was in town. And I'll never forget meeting this woman. And she was probably maybe in her like late 20s, maybe early 30s. She was a bit older. And I remember meeting her at 11 and thinking, holy smokes, this woman is badass I want to be just like her when I grow up. I just remember like that imprint that she left on me. I was so amazed by who she was. Fast forward th- 20 years. Fast forward 20 years. I get a message on Instagram, on my Love and Alchemy Instagram. And it's this woman. And she says, hey, I don't know if you remember, but we met when you were a little girl. And I just want to let you know, I am so proud of who you've become something along those lines. Within seconds, it dawned on me that that was the woman that I met when I was 11. And the reason that I thought she was so freaking cool is because she was a yogi and she was exuding that energy. So even before I knew anything that I know today, my soul still recognized that for lack of better terms, this lady is good vibes. Whatever she's doing, it's working. Hint, hint. What she was doing was chanting kirtan, meditating, doing yoga. And so she goes, yeah, today I'm still big yogi. I also lead partnerships and talent management at Bhakti Fest. And whenever we start at Bhakti Fest again, it was like kind of in the middle of the pandemic. She was like, I want to bring you on to do sound. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like what is this life? It's just like the synchronicities, the coincidences are too good. And so sure enough, when things opened back up again, she invited me to come to Bhakti Fest, and that's how I ended up at Bhakti Fest. And simultaneously, I will share a little bit of my husband Tyler's journey and his dharma. Um, oh, I'm still stuffy. I apologize. So there are different types of yoga. There is hatha, which we know as like the asanas, the pranayama, the movement, There's also bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion. There's karma yoga. I'm blanking on the other ones, but what I want to talk about is bhakti yoga. So, my husband, in addition to being an asana hatha yogi, he's also a big bhakti yogi. He loves to chant, he has a bhakti heart, he loves devotion. And so, Going to Bhakti Fest was really beautiful because he got to come along with me with artist bands and he got to meet some of the folks that he's looked up to. And to the two moments that I'll never forget are, I was, my set time for my sound bath was at the same time as Krishna Das. Now, Krishna Das, for those of you that might or might not be familiar, um, Krishna Das is... An American vocalist who essentially brought bhakti to the West. He's kind of one of the pioneers of bringing bhakti yoga, bhakti chanting kirtan to the West, and he was kind of in the same era as Ramdas because they shared a guru named Karoli Baba who was their guru. And it was kind of wild because my set time was conflicting with his set time. And at first, I was like, oh, I'm so bummed. they can't go see Krishna Das because I'm doing a sound bath. And then it dawned on me that the sound bath I was going to be facilitating was going to be supporting Krishna Das. Even though we were different stages, like they were going to be infusing the vibrations, weaving. And I thought, dang. If five years ago, when I did my yoga teacher training, you would have told me that I would have been doing a sound bath while Krishna Das was in the background chanting kirtan live, I would have never believed you. And to hear Krishna Das and the audience chanting together to Baba Hanuman, to Krishna, while I was playing the bowls and the gong was, I mean, humbling truly truly humbling the other thing i'll never forget is there's this artist named Ayla Nereo who if you've never listened to her music and i'm also googling stuff as i <laughs> as i talk cuz i don't want to like butcher anyone's name but if you've never listened to her she's an incredible artist sings about the most beautiful things a lot of really beautiful folk music spiritual music let me see what's one of my favorite songs by her turning wake And Eastern Sun is my number one song that I love by her. You'll never forget. I was also clashing set times with her the next day. And while I was starting the sound bath, Eastern Sun is a song that I'll oftentimes play at the beginning of a sound bath, at the end of a sound bath. And my husband, Tyler, came up to me and he was like, it's so crazy because at the beginning of the sound bath, I heard the song Eastern Sun And I thought you were playing that through the speakers as you normally do, but it sounded different. And I thought to myself, maybe she's playing a different version of it. And then very quickly, it dawned on me that no, Ayla is actually live on stage singing that song as the sound bath is starting. And so that was another just like pinch me moment, humble moment, grateful moment. In my career, that it was just pretty wild. And when you do things that are born from your heart, that's out of passion, that's out of the desire to be of service, don't worry about the money. It will follow success, abundance, prosperity. So long as you're on your dharma and doing things out of being of service, out of your heart, out of love, all of that will follow. Might take a little bit longer than you expect but it will follow that much from my humble experience, I know for sure. October. October Mm -hmm. is a festive month. So both Tyler and I are Libras. He's October 9th. I'm October 18th. I'm a little bit closer to Scorpio. He's kind of like smack Libra in the middle. He's also double Libra, Libra sun, Libra rising, a lot of Libra in the house. But We went to Joshua Tree to celebrate our birthdays. We also went back to Arizona to celebrate his birthday with his family. And the older I get, maybe for like big birthdays, I'll do like a big party. But the older I get, the more I realize that like all I really want is just quality, intimate time with my people. It might be my stellium and Scorpio. It might be my Aquarius moon, but I just want to be with my people. And that's what we did this year. Him and I went to Joshua Tree. We went to the Integratron. We dined at La Copine. If you ever go to Joshua Tree, go eat at La Copine. It's this French restaurant that's mm, chef's kiss. So good. Ah, So October was birthday month, celebrating 32. I'll never be ashamed of my age. I also... Can recognize that I'm still pretty freaking young. And maybe folks who are older might feel some type of way about somebody who's in their early 30s saying that. But I mean it. Like, come at me when I'm 50, I'll still be saying the same thing. Because you know what? In the grand scheme of things, our lives are so short, so freaking short. And every year we get wiser, we get more experience, we get to live more of this beautiful journey that goes by in a snap, right? I feel super blessed. 32 years of a wild ride of life. And every year I feel like this is the best year yet. But this year I feel like this is the best year yet. I'm sure I'll say the same thing next year. November. November was a month of family. I hosted my family for the holidays and it was my first time hosting. It was so fun. I also started eating meat again in November. So maybe I'll do an episode on this. But I had been a vegetarian, had been for, let's see, 14. What's 32 minus 14? Anyone can tell me. 18. So what? For 18 years, I was vegetarian, holy smokes. And my big joke with my family, I have two younger siblings who they bring out the inner child in me for better, or for worse. She's a little bit cheeky. She's a little bit immature and we love her. So I threw down a challenge to my siblings. I said, if you guys come to me this year for the holidays, I will eat turkey. And they came out and I kept my word, But. The bigger reason behind it is because, as I talked about earlier, motherhood is on the horizon for me. I don't know when. It's not any time in the immediate future, but it is on the horizon. And I just felt like part of me was craving a little bit more protein, a little bit more sustenance. Yeah, just different components. And so I'm trying it on for size. I'm not eating meat every day. And... (laughs) I actually had a nightmare a couple of days ago that I think was my subconscious mind, like feeling guilty for it. So it's something I'm still kind of exploring. But yeah, so that was kind of a big event for me in November, just honoring my body. I've had such an interesting relationship with food and nutrition since I was a teenager that I'm at the stage where if my body is craving something, I'm going to listen to it, right? If... My body's craving food super late at night, and I know that it's not a coping mechanism. It's not because I'm anxious or I'm bored. I'm going to feed it. Whereas before, I was super strict about, I'm not eating past 6 p.m., i Z. I'm not eating this. I'm not eating that. I was super restrictive with food. So I'm also just learning to embrace the language that my body knows to speak through the senses, through emotion, through all of it. And it's still a journey. Who knows? I might completely change my mind if these nightmares continue. But for now, that's where we're at. And now we're up to December. Oh my gosh, December is such a sweet month. I started the year. I started the month going down to Playa del Carmen and teaching for Wonderlust In the past, I've only really captured content and managed their Instagram, but this year I was invited to teach, which was such an honor because I was teaching alongside some people that I really look up to, I really revere, such as Janet Stone, such as Skylar Grant, people that I just really look up to, you know, Kevin Courtney, Kimberly Snyder, My girl, Krista, she's my girl, but I still look up to her. Murray Hidry, Natalie Kuhn of the class, if you've never taken the class, highly recommend. I got to meet Valeria Hinojosa, who I hope to have on the podcast one day. And it was just so fun to get to be in community, to be with people that are expanders for me, and also realize that like I have a seat at the table too, and I'm worthy of being there when I say that with all the humility and gratitude. So that was really powerful. It was really beautiful. It was a lot of work. Covering social media while also teaching for a three-day festival that has 15 classes and workshops every single day, your girl was hitting 18,000 steps every day. So the cenote dip, the tamascal that came after was totally worth it. After that, Tyler and I went to Oaxaca, which, okay, if any of you want to go to Oaxaca, send me a DM. I have a recommendation list for you that a friend gave to me. It is, the food in Oaxaca is unreal. I'm low-key grateful that I eat meat again just so that I could try everything in Oaxaca. The tamales, the mole. I will say, black mole is a little heavy for me. I tried it. I enjoyed the taste of it. But I can only do a single bite because it was just a big experience. I, I felt satiated with the bite. But I got to do a cooking class and just the food in Oaxaca, the gastronomy, the culinary experimental sort of culture around food, it's so dang good. The people are so lovely. The art is so beautiful. And I just got to go to Oaxaca City. Like I didn't even get to go to the coast. I went into the mountains for a day and actually met some indigenous healers, some ancestral healers. That was a really beautiful experience. I got to do at the mezcal. I got to do a traditional Mayan massage with them and the land. It was a magical mountain town for sure. And that leads us to now. Then we flew back to Phoenix, picked up our car, drove to New Mexico to be reunited with our dog who has been here all of December with my in-laws. And now I'm getting my proper wintering in. As soon as I'm done recording this episode, I'm officially done working until Christmas. Well, until after Christmas, a couple days before New Year's. But this year has been really expansive. And I got to give credit to all the seeds that were planted and activated by me showing up with an open heart in my authenticity, letting go of expectation, and just being curious of what the universe, what life, what God has in store for me. And if you're still listening, thank you for being a part of this community. It's pretty wild because sometimes it feels like I'm speaking into an abyss, this podcast space, doing solo episodes. It's kind of funny, but my hope and my wish is that somewhere along the way, you find inspiration, you find solidarity to know that you're not alone in any of it. Maybe people that have served as expanders for me, I hope that I can be an expander for others. And I'm still very much figuring it out, putting one foot in front of the other. So I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers, but if I can support you in any way, send me a message, send me a DM. And if you find value in the podcast, if you enjoy what you hear, Leave us a rating, a review that helps a ton. Subscribe to the pod, share it with a friend. And we're actually doing a giveaway until the 28th. The winner will be announced. So you will receive a Magic of Eye planner, as well as a block of cacao. And all you have to do to enter is rate and review the podcast. Every entry counts. So you can leave a rating and a review on Spotify, a rating and a review on Apple, you can follow Practical Alchemy on Instagram and follow Latinas Who Meditate. And if you're not already connected with me, follow at Love and Alchemy underscore. And yeah, good luck. Happy, happy holidays with your loved ones. Stay healthy. Take care of yourselves. Happy New Year. I love you all so much. And I'll see you next year. Ciao.